God, we love you, and we are, uh, again, just thankful for you. Thankful for the gift of your son. Thank you for, for Christmas and what it means for us and our faith. God, I pray that this morning as we, as we hear the words of a familiar story, that they would, be, they would be read in maybe a new way through the eyes of what we've been talking about over the last month. God, I pray that you'd speak through me this morning. Don't let them be my words. Let them be your words. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, it's funny. I was, uh, there's two different reactions that people can have to having church on Christmas. Uh, the first one is this. Man, Christmas is on Sunday. <laughs> the second one is this. Man, Christmas is on a Sunday. That's, that's what I'm feeling this morning. I'm just feeling like, man, it is so good to just be here on a Sunday morning to celebrate Christmas together. Uh, and I just want to thank you for, for coming this morning. Thank you for, uh, I know Christmas is, is, a, is a time for family. It's a time for uh, traditions and people get up in the morning and they do their own thing. And so I just want to thank you for being here. Uh, this, this month, we've been talking a lot about the baby in the manger about who this Jesus is, who is this baby in the manger, who, who is the Son of God that was sent to us in, in human form as a baby in the manger, who is this guy, who is this Jesus? We've been, we've been, uh, we've been reading the Christmas story as told in, in Philippians 2, which is really rare, right? We don't really think about the Christmas story being in Philippians 2. I, 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 so I, I, we haven't actually read the the normal kind of Christmas passages. I want, to, I want this morning just to, we're just kind of going to read the story. And we're going to talk through the story of Jesus Christ coming to earth, being born for you and being born for me. So we're going to start in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9. This is the, uh, the foretelling of Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 9, starting at verse 2. Here's what it says. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation. You have increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as soldiers rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of the oppressors. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fueled for the fire. And why? For unto us a child is born. For to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the foretelling of Jesus Christ by the prophet Isaiah. We've given Jesus some names over the last four or some, some parts of Jesus' identity over the last four weeks. We talked about 
the divinity of Jesus, right? The, the humanness of Jesus. But, but Isaiah gives, gives Jesus four more, four more here, right? The, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. This is the Jesus that comes to us as the baby in the manger. This is the Jesus that comes for you and that comes for me. Let's read that story now, and if you turn with me to Luke chapter 2, or Luke chapter 1, actually. We'll start in Luke chapter 1. Verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found your favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he's sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. 
While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them, And gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the story of the birth of Jesus. Jesus Christ, who humbled himself, took on human flesh to come for you and for me. I purposely haven't read the Christmas story much this Christmas. I've been focusing on on Jesus, on the baby in the manger. And I tell you what, when I did that, and I focused on Jesus, and then I read the Christmas story, and this is such such a powerful story. It's an amazing story that Jesus would come in, the, in, the, in, the, in, in human form as a baby in a manger. As a baby in a manger. The question, I guess, is, is why, right? Why would Jesus come? Why did Jesus have to come? There's another familiar passage that isn't necessarily always read at Christmas, but I want to read it. John chapter 3. It says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. All those who do evil hate the light and and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But those who live by the truth come into the light so they may be seen plainly what they have done has been done in the sight of God. This first part here. For God so loved the world that he gave. 
He gave his one and only son for you and for me, for all of us. I was going to read a story this morning for our kids. It's called Itsy Bitsy Christmas. Uh, and it's a story by Max Licato. If you've never heard it, I want to look it up. It's a great story. Here's what it's about. It's about these two little mice in Bethlehem who hear from, from word of mouth from a donkey <laughs> that a king is coming to town. And so these mice think, you know, a king is coming to town. This is ridiculous. This is, this is Bethlehem. Let's go see if this is true. We need to go see if this is true. And so, so they, they run throughout the town. They go to the, to the city gates and they say, man, well, if there's a king coming to town, surely the people at the city gates would be talking about it. And so they go to the city gates and there's not a king there. So they go to the marketplace looking for a king. There's no king in the marketplace. They go to the business place Looking for a king. There's no king there. They go to the temple. Looking for a king. No king there. And so they go back to the stable. And they see this donkey that had told them that the king was coming to town. And they say, donkey, there's... There's no king. I don't, know, I don't know what you're talking about. We've looked all throughout town. I don't, know, I don't know what you're talking about. And the donkey says, the king, is, the king is right there. And the mice just say, he's right there. That little baby is the king? The donkey says, that little baby right there is the king. And you're not going to find him in the places you were looking came to the stable. He came for you. Even you. And the mice were just shocked that this king would come for even a little, little bitty mice like them. The good news of Christmas is that Jesus came for all of us. Big, small, rich, poor, old, young, it doesn't matter. Jesus Christ at Christmas, this baby in the manger, the king of the world, the light of the world, God in the flesh, came for you and he came for me and he came for the whole world because God so loved the world that he sent his son, Jesus. My prayer this Christmas has been that, that we don't lose sight of that. That it doesn't, that it hasn't be, that it, that it, my prayer has been that it hasn't become just about the, the gifts and, and our being around the tree and about all the hustle and bustle that can be about Christmas. But it's about the baby in the manger. It's about this Jesus Christ. For me, this is one of the biggest days in the church. It's right behind Easter for me. But honestly, it's the beginning of Easter. Jesus doesn't get to the cross if he doesn't come at Christmas. I think we lose sight of that, but we need to share that. That needs to be our story. This is part of our story. 
I hope you've heard me say this Christmas that Christmas is about Jesus. And it's our responsibility as people who claim Jesus and follow Jesus to live it out, to go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. He came for you. He came for me. Old, young, rich, poor. It doesn't matter. This Christmas has been really interesting for me. I've taken a little bit of a different approach, even just personally looking at Christmas. I'm used to reading the story all the time during Christmas. I'm used to, to just kind of focusing on this and just being caught up in the season sometimes. It's been interesting to, to just go through the last month just focusing on Jesus, focusing on why he came, on who he came for, and this morning when I woke up, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to be here this morning to worship Jesus Christ has come. Jesus Christ is born. I don't know if it's meant as much to you as it has to me. <laughs> I hope it has. I really hope it has. Man, it's been such a wonderful Christmas. But I hope you leave today, and I hope you, when you leave, you have in mind Jesus Christ is born. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, has come. And not just for me, not just for you, but for the entire world around us, for the community across the street, for the city of Fresno, for the, for the state of California, for, for the entire world. Jesus Christ has come. That's what we celebrate. That's why we come this morning. Let me pray for us. God, we love you. And we are thankful for you this morning. We're thankful that, uh, that you sent your son. We're thankful that you have out of your great love, God, given us your son, that whoever believes in him would have eternal life. God, we know you didn't come to condemn us. You came to save us. And for that, we're thankful this morning. God, may we never forget that Christmas is not about all the surroundings, not about all the hustle and bustle, but it's about the baby in the manger. That's about Jesus Christ. Christ the Lord has come. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me? I just want to sing one more song with you. We're not going to use any instruments. We're just going to sing joy to the world together. Let's sing this. Can you give me the first note? <laughs> joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. 
and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Amen. Amen. Let me pray a prayer of blessing over you this morning. May the God who came and sent a son on Christmas morning, may he go with you, may he go ahead of you. May he remind you daily that he sent his son for you, that he loves you, and that he would do it all over again if he had to. May the love of Christ go with you. May you not try to escape it, <laughs> because you can't. Go in the love of Christ and the peace of Christ and the joy of Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.